Girl, I'm so glad you're here. I know you're crazy busy. So before we get started, I want to give you a gift. It's my new guide called, wait for it, five steps to simplify your focus in five minutes. Now you may need this if you've ever felt like you're being pulled in too many directions. So you do a little of this, then a little of that, and you get whiplash from trying to do all the things that seem to all matter all at the same time, your faith, your relationships, your work or business, your household, and who even has time for fun anymore. Anyway, instead of throwing your hands up in exhaustion and opting for scrolling or binging, let's be honest, who hasn't been there? Set a timer for five minutes, open up this guide and go through these five simple steps. And I promise you'll know exactly where to put your focus right now. So you don't waste your time on less important things. Sound amazing. I know you're here to make an impact for him. So let's redeem your time. My friend head over to lissafiggins.com forward slash five, and I'll whisk it off to your inbox ASAP. And if you're multitasking, because who doesn't, I'll drop the link in the show notes for you. Hey girl, I see you. You long to live fully present, to redeem your time as a faith-led woman, but you feel yourself pulled in so many directions, you're spread way too thin more often than not. And you find that life hits you from all sides, keeping you busy beyond belief, double-minded and distracted. You are not alone. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast. You know that God has a bigger purpose for you than just juggling all the things, yet you can't seem to pause the noise long enough to discover what that is. So you just keep doing more, thinking you're not doing enough or that you're not enough. But somewhere inside, you hear that quiet voice whisper, that's not the life he intends for you. True that. Hey friend, I'm Lissa, fellow sister in Christ, wife, empty nester, and recovering to-do list girl. After trying to keep all the balls in the air for too long, I was exhausted, but I finally let go of doing all the things. And that's when God showed me how to redeem my time for him. Warning, his plans are always better than ours. Imagine redefining your God-given purpose to focus on what matters most in your stage of life, realigning your schedule to create space to invest where it counts and redeeming how you live each day to make a bigger impact for eternity. And maybe you're doing it all in your favorite holy jeans and Jesus saves graphic tea. This is the podcast for you, my friend. Grab a cup of joe, brew yourself some tea, or mix up a fizzy. And be sure to grab your journal or your notes app because we're going to get to work. I pray this both blesses and challenges you. Are you ready? Hey, friend. I just want to say, if we're going to hang out here each week on the Redeem Her Time podcast, yep, you heard right. There's a slight change in the title. I'll explain more in an upcoming episode about what God's been showing me lately about where we're going. But anyway, I've got something important I need to tell you. I don't have many pet peeves because I tend to just roll with things and let them roll off my back. But there is this one thing that's always bothered me that I just have to get off my chest, especially because it's that time of year. Are you ready for it? starting Christmas before Thanksgiving. There, it's out there. Now I want you to know I pass no judgment if you're sitting down to turkey dinner this week with your twinkling lights on the decorated tree behind you, but I just can't do it. And it seems like it starts earlier and earlier, not including Hobby Lobby, because I get why they start right after the fourth for all you crafters. But I was in a store over a month ago and literally stopped in my tracks, tilted my ear up to the ceiling tiles and listened intently. Was I really hearing Christmas music? in early October? Yep. So here's my thing. I don't want to push past Thanksgiving just to get into the Christmas spirit early. 
You know why? Because I believe the key to approaching the gift of Christmas is with a thankful and expectant heart. And let's be honest, the time from when the leaves start falling till the big ball drops goes fast enough already. So why make it any faster? Let's slow down and fully enjoy Thanksgiving. Today, we're going to talk about giving thanks and expecting more. And no, that's not being ungrateful. I think you'll see why by the time we're done. And I'll share seven ways that you can practice what I call grateful anticipation this Thanksgiving season. And spoiler alert, I'm going to gift you seven days free inside the Redeem Her Time community to practice this kind of authentic, intentional, life-shaping gratitude with other like-minded women. So stay tuned till the end. And I'll drop the link in the show notes so you don't get distracted from listening right now. Because giving thanks is pretty important. How do I know that? Well, it's only mentioned 102 times in the Old Testament and 72 times in the New Testament for a grand total of 174 times. Now, back in the day, if my dad or mom said something more than once, I knew it was important and I'd better listen up. So if God tells us something that many times, we certainly should be listening and doing. That's like being reminded every other day. Are we really that forgetful? I dare say we are. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 17 makes it pretty clear. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you've ever said you wish you knew God's will for your life, there it is. Plain as day. Worship. Pray. Thank. Except, did you hear the part about when to give thanks? Yep, in all circumstances. Or as in some translations say, in all things. In plenty? Yep. In hunger? Yep. In abundance? Yep. In need? Yep. That's actually why Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Did you know that when he wrote that, he was talking about being content, which is synonymous with gratitude, not about winning a race or a championship like we often misapply it? I can give thanks in all circumstances through him who gives me strength. So even though this command to give thanks is simple, it's not easy, but he makes it doable. Now, I often wonder if God feels like I did when my kids took for granted my hard work. Maybe it was providing a healthy dinner, cleaning their clothes, dropping them off somewhere, giving them some cash or a roof over their heads. In fact, when they were young, we taught them the sign language sign for thank you. It's where you put your fingertips at your chin and sweep your hand forward, kind of like blowing a kiss, but starting at the chin instead. It was our secret way of reminding them to say thank you because I could stand behind or next to that teacher or coach or an adult and do the sign and they would immediately say thank you all without the other person knowing they were prompted. And even with them now ages 24, 22, and 19, I am not above giving the sign if they forget. But the problem is I forget too. God gives me an answer, a breakthrough, an idea, a provision, another day, and I just take it for granted. Like it was my hands that made it happen without saying a word to the true giver. I too am guilty of being ungrateful. And as a faith-led woman, I should know better. I've read the verses, heard the sermons, sung the songs, yet still, sometimes I walk right past his miracles without acknowledging the gift or the giver. Do you remember the story of the 10 lepers whom Jesus healed in Luke 17? It was very clear that what they received was not from themselves. Yet, nine of them went about their life without even a word, while only one turned back to give thanks. 
and respond in the only way that we as humans can and should in that situation, in worship. What's even more interesting than the fact that only 10% gave thanks is that the one who did was not technically even one of God's children. He was a foreigner. It was the other nine, the 90% who were God's people as Jews, who studied the scriptures and should have recognized Jesus and responded in thanks and worship, but they didn't. And often we don't either. We're more like the nine who disappeared when they got what they wanted more than we'd like to admit. So what if those nine had at least said a quick thanks before going off to their busy lives? Would that have been better? Maybe, but going back to the one, did you notice what gratitude did for him? It drew him closer to Jesus. He wanted to be near the one who had given him such a precious gift. He couldn't help but come back to worship and experience more of him. In his gratitude, it changed how he used his time. Instead of heading into the city and all that was waiting for him there, he turned back because he understood something of what he had received and who had given it. My friend, as redeemed ones, oh, that we would draw near to our Redeemer and in response, redeem our time for him to know him and to make him known. That's what we're all about here on the Redeem Her Time podcast and inside the community, choosing to make the best use of our time because of what we have been given and who gave it to us. So what does it cost us when we are ungrateful? We have only to look at those other nine and what they missed out on, knowing their Redeemer. You see, ingratitude keeps us from time with the giver. And it actually leads us away from him because we're distracted by other things. Romans 1 says that those who do not honor God or give thanks to him become futile in their thinking and filled with unrighteousness. What? Being ungrateful leads to unrighteousness? Not giving thanks is sin? Yep. We just like to let ourselves off the hook and sugarcoat it by saying gratitude is something we should do more of, right? But do we look at how our lack of obedience is the same as disobedience? Ah, that takes me back to many conversations with my kiddos when we were in the throes of child-rearing years. And it reminds me of the same work the Spirit does in my heart when I open the Word and see that I often fall short. We're commanded to give thanks. End of story. But it's not just about mumbling the word thanks and going about our busy lives. About a year ago, I came across the phrase grateful anticipation, and it caused me to pause and lean in. As a former English teacher, I love words and thinking about how to use them effectively. And this one made a big impression on me. Grateful, meaning feeling or showing an appreciation of kindness, AKA thankful. We've already determined that just feeling it is not enough. It needs to be expressed in both words and actions, right? And then anticipation, meaning get this, the action of anticipating something. (laughs) Gotta love it when they use a word to define a word. Thanks for all your help, Webster. So let's go deeper. Anticipation is expectation or a prediction of something pleasant or exciting you know is going to happen. Like anticipating that mouth-watering Thanksgiving dinner with your family gathered around you to celebrate God's goodness. So I looked at this closer at this phrase. I got what each of those words meant individually. I mean, I know I'm supposed to be grateful, especially as a believer, because we've already established that. But what does anticipation have to do with it? Isn't that being ungrateful? No. It's about being grateful to God, the giver of all good things, and not rushing past his gifts to look to him and expect more. It's about turning back like the one from the hustle and bustle of life to sit at his feet in gratitude and wonder, anticipating that there's more of him to come. It's not in a selfish what's in it for me way, but in a what more good things are there to come way. 
because the gift is always a reflection of the giver. And so over the past year, I have repeated this phrase, grateful anticipation over and over and worked on practicing it in my own life, giving thanks expectantly for what's to come. I love the reminder of Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do, get this, far more abundantly than all we ask or think. Did you hear the four superlatives? Yeah, that's my English teacher coming out again. Superlatives do exactly what they sound like, make things super big. And four is not nearly enough to even begin to describe how much he can and will do when we ask. And I believe when we give thanks. Because grateful anticipation is giving thanks to the one who is beyond what we can even comprehend. Why in the world would you want to turn away to lesser things? Of course you'd stay near, expecting more, because that way you won't miss the miracles he's doing all around you. But it's easy to get distracted. And if I'm being totally honest, even just yesterday, I walked past his gifts and needed to come back to worship. You see, over the past few months, God has been giving me a clear vision of how he wants redeem her time to encourage and equip faith-led women like you to make the best use of your time for who and what matters most, for eternity. Over and over, he's brought me ideas, conversations, connections, opportunities, confirmations. He has laid gift after gift in my lap and shown me that he can and will do abundantly more than I can ask or imagine. Believe me, I've given thanks many times because I know that only he can build this. But all it took was one email from someone who didn't recognize the gift or the giver to deflate my vision like a balloon with the air let out. And I felt my heart drawn away towards doubt and comparison and striving to make it happen. But then it hit me. Grateful anticipation. Stop walking towards the hustle and bustle of the world. Turn and go back to the giver. Give thanks for what he has given you already and stay near, expectant of what more he will do. Yes, I am expecting more from God. And that's not being ungrateful. In fact, it's founded in gratitude. So this Thanksgiving week, I want to challenge you to not rush past giving thanks to get to the tinsel and bows, even if you already hung the holly. Take time to be grateful and sit in anticipation because you want to truly know the giver, accept his gifts, and be ready to receive more. In fact, let me give you seven areas to help you think beyond the typical things we give thanks for, like the food and the weather. I mean, those are gifts too, right? Got your journal or your notes app ready? I'll give you a minute to go grab them. So come back to me when you're ready to write these down. Okay, number one, grateful anticipation for your faith. Give thanks for your salvation, how he's drawing you closer to him, the bigger purpose he's given you, and anticipate the promise of eternity with him. Number two, grateful anticipation for your family. Give thanks for your relationship with your spouse, your kids, your parents, your grandkids, your grandparents, your extended family, and anticipate the ways that he will grow you closer in the coming years. Number three, grateful anticipation for your friends. Give thanks for those you've known a long time and those you've just met, for someone to call when you have a need and someone to do life with, and anticipate those he has yet to bring your way. Number four, grateful anticipation for your field. Give thanks for the meaningful work you've been given to do, whether that includes a boss, clients, a team, a household, a ministry, and anticipate how he will use you to serve in a bigger way. Number five, grateful anticipation for your finances. Give thanks for his provision for your needs and your wants, 
your home and your food and your clothes and your car and money in the bank, no matter how much it is, in anticipation for how he will continue to faithfully provide. Number six, grateful anticipation for your fitness. Give thanks for your body and the ability to get up and move, for your mental ability to think and feel, in anticipation for how he will sustain you physically and mentally as you age. And number seven, grateful anticipation for your fun. Give thanks for the little joys in the day and the milestone moments, for the places to explore near and far, and anticipate the joy he will bring as you grow in the fruit of his spirit. So, are you feeling more grateful and expectant? I hope so. I want to challenge you, take one area a day over the next week and write out a prayer of thanks that includes both gratitude and anticipation. You want that list again? Here we go. Faith, family, friends, field, finances, fitness, and fun. Now, I remember how easy it is to get distracted by the things around us and not look at the giver, like I said, even as recent as yesterday. But you know what I found? I found that being in community with other like-minded women who are seeking him helps so much in keeping me looking at him. So I'm going to follow a Holy Spirit nudge right now and gift you seven days free inside the Redeem Her Time community so you can go through these seven areas with us. You can head over to lissafiggins.com forward slash join dash seven. And no worries if you happen to be listening to this outside of Thanksgiving week. There's no reason that giving thanks needs to stop just because the calendar flips past November. His command to give thanks, 174 times if you remember, never has an expiration date on it. So my seven free days won't expire either. And I think you'll find after you've taken time to get deeper, give deeper thanks this Thanksgiving or whatever season you're in, you move into the Christmas season filled with anticipation of all he has done and will do through the gift of his son. Grateful anticipation. It's not ungrateful to expect more from God because that's how you know more of him and make him known. So my prayer for you is that this Thanksgiving will be different than all the rest. Not because you have more to be thankful for, but because your heart is drawn back to the giver and the significance of his gifts and what is yet to come. So today, I hope you hear my heart. You don't have to do all the things. Believe that you were created by God for greatness and a purpose. Be present. Do what matters. And friend, I can't wait to meet together again on the next episode of the Redeem Her Time podcast. Hey friend, before you go, were you touched by this episode? I pray it blessed you, challenged you, or grew you in a way that moves you to take action in your life. So what was the one thing that God laid on your heart today? I'd love to hear. So I'll drop a link in the show notes for where to share while it's top of mind. If this podcast added value for you before the crazy busy world creeps back in, would you share this episode with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough? And it would mean the world to me if you, while you're here, you take a quick minute to leave a review on the platform where you're listening. That way, I know if you're liking the show. Plus, it just makes my heart smile. And before we go, I want to remind you, go grab your free guide to simplify your focus in five minutes for those times when you feel like you're going in a million directions, but not getting anywhere. Tell me where to send it at lissafiggins.com forward slash five. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because these are difficult days. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. I'll see you next week, friend. God bless.